Yes, hello. It is podcast time. Let's go! Hey now, this is the Arch Independent Show. I am Tommy. I am the host. Today, it is episode number seven of the 2024 Arch Indie Podcast Series. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to court. I don't necessarily want to do that, but I feel like I'm compelled to. We have reached this stage of societal collapse where political opponents are attacking each other with fraudulent prosecutions. It's pretty gross, but we have seen this exact scenario play out over and over again throughout human history. It is one of the telltale signs that we really are at the end of empire. And we really are at the end of empire, homies. It's not just a telltale sign, it's the flashing light. We ain't gonna make it. But we are gonna have some fun. I have eight, yes, eight cases to feature on the show today. And as always, we will be attempting to do this without turning the podcast into a boring law school seminar. I believe that we can navigate these dockets without bogging the show down in legal precedents and attorney jargon. The eight cases, of course, all involve the orange man. Womp womp. Yes. It's going to be a Trump-centric show because it's a Trump-centric world. Doesn't matter whether you asked for it or not, this is what we all got. What a great prize, huh? The eight cases include the Supreme Court review of Donald J. Trump being removed from the ballots in Colorado and Maine. They include the group of New York City cases, the Georgia case, the Southern District Florida case, and of course, the District of Columbia case. A lot of cases, probably a lot of fatigue on this, but I do want to get a documentary into my archive here, so we'll run through the cases pretty quickly. Let's start at the start with Colorado versus Trump, and that is now gone in front of the Supreme Court. As of this recording, we have just completed oral argument in front of the highest court. In case you missed it, the fucking lunatics in Colorado removed Trump from the ballot. (laughs) Oh my god. It is impossible to overstate how insane this has all become. There is absolutely no basis, in fact, or law to have removed Donald Trump from the ballot. The session at SCOTUS went on for more than two hours, and the justices appeared to make it very clear by the questions that they asked and the case law that they referred to that strongly suggests that the Supreme Court is going to quickly overturn what Colorado attempted to do here. It's hard to take this one seriously, because what Colorado did was basically a MSNBC segment except it was in court instead of on the goofy cable news channel. The first thing that the court did is it ruled that January 6th was an insurrection. So immediately we're already off planet. What occurred on January 6th was hideous. It was a riot at the Capitol, but under no possible 
definition was it an insurrection. There was no attempt at an armed takeover of the government. It was a basic redress of grievances done by some people who aren't very bright. Sorry, MAGA carnival folks, but you know, the Viking guy and picking up the podium, you should have been charged for that. But that is not an insurrection. So the first part of the Colorado Supreme Court ruling is already just insane. There was no insurrection. But they're not going to stop there. They're going to take it the extra mile. And they concluded that Donald Trump incited the insurrection that didn't actually happen. And, of course, only the most diseased partisans among us would ever say that Donald Trump incited an insurrection because that is patently untrue. That is not what happened. But in cartoon world, they just pretend that there was this insurrection and that the bad orange man incited it. This is not a QAnon message board pumping out a crazy conspiracy. This is the fucking Supreme Court of Colorado. This is what I mean, folks. We ain't gonna make it. We are so far past the tipping point that there is no coming back from this kind of stuff. And this is just case number one. There's eight of these fucking things. So anyway, it's very obvious what Colorado is attempting to do. There are hard left partisans that sit on that bench and they know damn well that Donald J. Trump could easily win a free and fair election in 2024. So their solution to that is rig the election by removing him from the ballot via these asinine insurrection fairy tales. It's really no different than what we all lived through with the Russiagate silliness for years and years. Just pretend that Donald Trump is Putin's puppet and run right off the cliff with it. Well, surprise, nobody learned a fucking thing. The same team good assholes are going to do the same thing again. I mean, oh my god, it's so deranged. They're such cunts. It's impossible to coexist with people like this. The modern left are the most insufferable assholes on the planet, but they're also the dominant culture. Womp womp. So they have the power to do shit like this. And these kooky partisan motherfuckers are gonna burn down every institution because they can't stand that people might have the right to choose and they would use that right to choose to elect Donald Trump. So that's case number one, the Colorado ballot case. It is blatant lawfare. It is done with the full intention of preventing a free and fair election. It is so over. It is so over. This is what the end of the United States of America looks like, folks. It's right here in front of us. It's a panel of judges on the Colorado Supreme Court that are so partisan and so dishonest that they will openly rig an election. You cannot have a nation that operates like this. And why would you even want to? I don't want to live alongside the grotesque assholes that do this or the whacked out fanatics that cheer them on. It is unworkable and it's only going to get worse as we get further into 2024. Which brings us to case number two, the Maine ballot case. You may have heard, but Maine also removed Trump from the ballot, except this time they didn't even go to a court. Nope, the Maine Secretary of State just granted herself the authority to unilaterally remove the bad orange man from the ballot. 
She again used the stupid Trump incited an insurrection fairy tale. Sheena Bellows happens to be the name of the Secretary of State for Maine. She is an overt partisan, and she has pushed out all kinds of extremist left-wing narratives in interviews and on her social media posts. Died in the wool partisan, she will do anything to help her team win. So not a big deal for her to abuse her official capacity and just take Trump off the ballot. And of course, the team good psychopaths, they are right there to cheer it on or to sit silently while it happens because they ain't gonna move against the dominant culture no matter how tyrannical the dominant culture gets. When I say that this is the Fourth Reich, it is not hyperbole. We're all watching it go down right in front of us. It is almost to the letter how these events happen cyclically throughout history. Nobody is getting any fucking smarter, though. In fact, we're getting dumber by the moment. But as always, to each their own, there is no requirement that anyone dedicate their life to gaining wisdom or to being intellectually honest. If you want to be a stupid fucking partisan that goes around trying to rig elections so your fucko party can win, tee it high and let it fly, man. I don't have any respect for you. I think you're a shit weasel, but you do have the absolute right to go your own way. What's funny to me, as somebody who's historically knowledgeable and has read a lot of case law, understands incitement, what a lot of these Team Good folks don't even realize is they're repeating the exact same lines that the racist South did against the NAACP back in the 60s. Just a brief detour into legal precedent, the Southern racists constantly tried to pin cases on the NAACP, and the vehicle that they attempted to use was incitement. The gist of their absurd argument was anytime a black man committed a violent offense, it was actually incited by the NAACP's missions and goals. Go figure, the modern leftist is very similar to the old racist. They're wildly unethical, they're fully dishonest, and they will abuse the legal system to try to get the result they want. And that usually includes playing these word games with insurrection, incitement, when they want to criminalize the people that they don't like, but they don't have a valid reason. They just slide into the linguistics. And that is why you need lawyers who love to go to court and argue about definitions and legislative history. It's a perfect circle. And that circle was recently completed in front of the Supreme Court. The absurd fairy tale of January 6th was laid bare, and I would anticipate sometime in the near future we will be getting a, dare I say, 9-0 ruling. Never can be sure about Sotomayor. She is a whacked-out activist. So let's put the over-under at 8.5. I think that's a fun wager. Minus 110 on both sides, homies. We're not a juice book here. 8.5, I think, is where we'll go. Anyway, that's the first two cases. Not much legal analysis required because the Colorado and Maine cases are 
just batshit crazy. The only way that anyone could possibly get to that same conclusion is by being a diseased partisan psycho who just goes along with all of the jackass insurrection incitement narratives. These two cases alone should probably clue everyone in to how far over the edge we have gone. Colorado and Maine took Trump off the ballot, citing the insanely fake incited an insurrection fairy tale. It's crazy. I can't believe I'm living through this again. We did this. We fucking did this with Russiagate. You fucking idiots. It's the same thing. Um, I know my homie Chris was on the show on the last episode, and I really do genuinely respect his optimism and his belief that we can persuade people to stop being such dishonest cunts. I just don't see that happening. This is the path, and it's accelerating. Brace up, homies. This is going to get fucking wild. Oh boy, another Trump court case segment. Speaking of not making it, Jesus, am I really going to go through all of these? Uh, I guess so. It's really weird because Donald Trump is such an unlikable character. I mean, essentially my entire life has been the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom of operating with the highest level of ethics and honesty and trying to become selfless. And obviously, Donald Trump is the fucking polar opposite of all of that. The narcissism, the ego, the selfishness is just off the charts. And throughout the Russiagate research was really when I got to know the people in Trump world. And my God, that was a collection of miscreants and thieves. Eric Prince, Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, just fucking garbage people for as far as the eye could see. But... I also will give the devil his due. Some of Trump's first term policy positions were pretty good. We did not enter into any foreign conflicts. He rolled back some terrible regulations that, in truth, were designed as captured devices to limit competition for large corporations. And he did some solid work in the federal criminal justice system as far as reforms go. However, even with those successes, I could never imagine voting for a person like Donald Trump. I do understand for those who really are just looking to give a middle finger to the system, Trump is the vehicle for that. If you want to tell the world to go fuck itself, you vote for Donald Trump. I want to distinguish that my telling Team Good and the partisans to go fuck themselves, that is not the same thing as give me the narcissistic game show idiot jackass. I'm not trying to give you that fuck you. I'm trying to put a functional government in place that could somehow start to move us back towards a path towards a type one civilization and the Kardashev scale to really make some progress here, to use the brain power that we've got instead of just being hideous assholes all the time. We'll see if we can get anywhere close to that don't have a lot of confidence and you know you look at cases like this and 
that's why you don't have a lot of confidence because all you see is shitty extremists being dishonest and trying to tilt the playing field so they can get the outcome that they want it's all fraud it's all fucked all the time i'm not going to pretend to understand why our friends over in the democratic party have to be such lunatic extremists all the time i don't get it but i can document it and with that let's go to georgia <laughs> this is this is truly awesome let me set the stage. We are in Fulton County Court, Atlanta, Georgia, under D.A. Fannie Willis. This is the RICO election conspiracy indictment that includes Trump and I think it's 18 other co-defendants. Judge McAfee presiding. As far as nuts and bolts, the allegation that underpins this case is that Donald Trump made a phone call to Georgia where he was complaining about the election results and some of the irregularities therein, and the Georgia prosecutor decided that that was a RICO case, a conspiracy to overturn the election. That is a pretty wild legal theory. It's difficult to connect the dots and get there on a RICO for the Trump phone call. It's another Rorschach test. It's a, do you hate Trump? If so, call him guilty. Are you intellectually honest? And can you be objective and review the actual series of events in the docket? Most people won't. They they're not interested in that. I understand that here on the Arch Independent Podcast Show, we are in the smallest minority of independent, nonpartisan, objective, intellectually honest people. We certainly have nothing in common with Fannie Willis, the DA in Georgia. Oh, baby, it has gone real bad for Fannie. I guess we should start with the simple fact that the Trump phone call, that underpinning of this RICO allegation, occurred in 2020. They waited years to bring the case because their clear intention is to use the case to disrupt Donald Trump's campaign. It's all an attempt to rig the election. As with all of these cases, we start there. Square one is these prosecutions are so corrupt, they waited and timed them to try to cause maximum disruption to the election cycle. Right out of the chute, square one, this is a coordinated Democratic Party effort to disrupt a free and fair election. It is one of the grossest things I've ever seen. It's hard to get my head around how dishonest and unethical these people are. Oh my God, it's crazy. And Fanny Willis, bless her heart, she takes it to a new level. Fanny is completely corrupt and she committed multiple indictable frauds as part of her Trump prosecution. That's right, folks. The only actual crime that has gone down in Atlanta, Georgia, is by the DA's office. Check this out. So as part of her bogus RICO prosecution, DA Fannie Willis hires attorney Nathan Wade as a special counsel to assist in the prosecution. 
Except what Fanny doesn't disclose is that her and Nathan Wade are actually in an extramarital affair together and have been since 2019. Whoops. So what happens is Nathan Wade, the special counsel who actually had no qualifications to prosecute a RICO case, he's just a fraud hire because he's fucking Fanny on the side, but Nathan also has a wife and homies, there ain't no wrath like a woman scorned. So the former Miss Nathan Wade went big. She disclosed to the court in the divorce proceeding. So there's actually two different things going on here. I realize at first it, it might be a little awkward, but Nathan Wade is one of the prosecutors working on the bogus RICO case. Separate from the Trump RICO case, he is going through a divorce because his wife caught him sleeping with Fanny. As part of that divorce proceeding, the now estranged Mrs. Wade wants a precise accounting of how much Nathan is worth. Obviously, divorces can be pretty ugly, especially when there's extramarital affairs involved, and the former Miss Wade wants to get a piece of the pie. And she knows that Nathan has been doing some really weird stuff with Fanny. Through the wonderful process of discovery, we end up with a docket full of fraud, embezzlement, tax evasion. Fanny and Nathan were using the corporate card for the DA's office to pay for lavish vacations together. Uh, there were cash reimbursements. It was a wild fucking hearing down there in Fulton County. But the throughput is that Fanny Wilson is a liar and a thief, and she perjured herself in court. And Mr. Wade is a liar and a thief, and he also perjured himself in court. This one, I've never seen anything like this in the practice of law before. Nathan Wade is such a moron. He filed conflicting answers in the divorce case and the Trump case. I mean, it's not hard to put the two dockets together and go, uh, you said you did over here, and now you say you didn't over here. What's up? Nate's performance on the stand was not very convincing. So the entire Trump-Georgia-Rico case is about to go down the shitter, which is exactly where it belongs. But as a bonus, instead of just getting rid of it, awful, embarrassing political prosecution based on fucking nothing, we do get a punchline. And the punchline is that Fanny and Nathan are frauds and liars. And that's pretty funny. All right, I'm going to call an audible. I don't really feel like going through the rest of this. I, I don't have the patience to break down the idiot cases in New York with the Mar-a-Lago valuation at 18 million. It's just, it's more of the same stuff that we've been talking about. It's just asshole partisan prosecutor heaving up a ridiculous case and then catching an activist partisan judge that just railroads Trump because they don't like him. Um, Again, I don't think Trump's a likable guy. I don't want him anywhere near the White House. But what is happening in these courtrooms is way sicker than anything that Trump has ever done and could ever do. This is the deterioration of the nation right in front of you. 
this is just an irreversible path that they have set us off on. So when the country splits up into regional states with their own governments, we don't need to be violent. We can just walk away. Um, and I'll hit on the case where Trump is actually guilty, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Let's go to the Southern District of Florida. This will be Judge Cannon's courtroom prosecutor, special prosecutor, excuse me, Smith. This is part of his bank of cases. And this is the segment that deals with the classified documents, the Mar-a-Lago boxes. This is Trump with two co-defendants and the record makes clear that they are guilty. They absolutely mishandled classified documents in a vacuum, this would be very easy, but it's not a vacuum. And something else happened very recently that puts a spotlight on how kind of kooky this documents case is. You may have heard that special counsel Her. Yes, we've got special counsel Smith, special counsel Her, special counsel Wade. Again, we've just moved to the lawfare phase of the collapse of empire. We're fully into the fourth turning, and it is going to be a spectacular spectacular detonation. But back to special counsel Her, he was tasked with investigating Joe Biden and Joe's mishandling of classified documents. And as it turns out, Joe is also guilty of the same exact offenses. However, special counsel Her recommended not prosecuting Joe Biden, whereas special counsel Smith dove right in with both feet and overcharged Donald Trump. Immediately, it's a two-tier justice system. You can't avoid it. These are two men who did essentially the exact same thing. And their kind of gist, it seems, is that Biden cooperated, but Trump didn't. And that's patently false. If you look at the records, if you go through the dockets, special counsel Smith gave Trump essentially moments to comply before he called in the FBI raid, not coincidentally, an FBI raid that was tipped off to the media and filmed. So once again, you simply cannot avoid if you're intellectually honest. So I shouldn't say you cannot avoid. You can avoid this if you're a psychopartisan shit weasel, but if you're an intellectually honest person, you simply cannot avoid the fact that Smith wanted to make a media spectacle of the Trump prosecution because the whole thing is political in nature. It has nothing to do with mishandling classified documents, which is why special counsel Her had no problem saying, oh no, we don't have to charge anyone for this because the system, as it were, is not trying to eliminate Joe Biden. It's trying to eliminate Donald Trump. And it will do so by any means necessary, including these wildly unethical, bogus prosecutions. And the media will be there every step of the way to try and create the narrative that bridges the gap about how Joe Biden is this cooperative guy who just made a mistake and Donald Trump is the evil villain who stole nuclear secrets. The whole nuclear secret thing was not true. There were no nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. That's just another batshit crazy Trump was connected to a Russian bank. It's amazing. It's You could spend the rest of your life just trying to chronicle all the insane horseshit that the Democrats have pumped out about Trump over the years. 
the true statement is Trump retained classified materials. He took him to Mar-a-Lago. When the FBI contacted him, he did not immediately return the documents. Instead, his counsel said that those were personal documents and they would want to debate whether they had to be returned or not. Instead of having that debate, Smith tipped off the media and sent in the FBI. Now, take a look at what happened in the Biden case is the FBI went to Joe Biden and asked if they could help him collect the materials that he had mishandled. Just an insanely two-tiered justice system. In the Trump case, the FBI gave limited time to comply, and then they did an unethical media notification of their raid, which was over the top and unnecessary. No need to send in an FBI SWAT team to get those boxes of documents. It's all just theatrics for the team good fuckheads who need the cartoon. It's just insane. If I wasn't reading it out of the document, I would swear this is a bad movie script. But it's not. This is real. This is what's happening in the world around me. It's remarkable. And perhaps the most remarkable part of the special counsel her Joe Biden report is that one of the ways that Joe Biden mishandled classified documents was by sharing classified information with the ghostwriter of his autobiography. So he's got an author, no security clearance, at his house, taking notes about the book that Joe wants to write about how great Joe is, and he's just dishing classified info left and right. It's exactly the way that Trump was trying to entertain friends and impress people with his classified documents. I mean, the similarities are amazing, ex except for how the cases are prosecuted. Those, it's nothing alike there. Totally two-tiered system there. And nobody gets the benefit of the two-tiered system more than Biden's ghostwriter, who was recording those conversations with Joe. And as soon as he heard that special counsel her had been appointed, what do you think the ghostwriter did with those recordings? Did you say delete them? Yes, that's exactly what he did. He obstructed justice. He willingly, intentionally attempted to remove the files because they were going to be detrimental to Joe Biden's case. Turns out that the FBI had no appetite to charge this ghostwriter with obstruction of justice, though. Which, of course, probably seems a little strange to those of us who have a memory long enough to remember how obstruction of justice was the biggest offense in the history of crime when they were alleging that Donald Trump had done it. Now you can destroy evidence. No problem. It's all just a misunderstanding. Can we help you get those classified documents back in the box, Joe? We don't want any problems here. Jesus fucking Christ. That's the end of the show. What, what else can you say about this? The Democrats are the most corrupt, dishonest assholes I have ever seen in any capacity of life. This is amazing. And that folks will just sit there with their thumb up their ass pretending that this is team good. Get a fucking clue, man.